Today on the Evangelist podcast, Glenn talks to Paul Blackham about sharing the good news. The Evangelist podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. So, Glenn, we're recording this uh, three and a half hours uh, after you've been in the pub. Is that right? That's right. I've been <laughs> in the pub for the last three and a half hours. What have you been doing? Well, um, go online and find our new video, uh, Life According to Jesus. Mm. And uh, we shared that uh, recently. And you'll get to see Andy's own handiwork. Yeah. Because um, we we discovered that with a with one of those drawing kind of videos, being left-handed is a bit of a killer. Glenn is left-handed. No, very sinister. So, yes, it, it covers up everything that you're drawing, so you can't do that. So Andy stepped into the breach, and uh, your artwork is... Is that the sort of the first bit of artwork you've done since about eight years old? <laughs> I'm not saying it definitely looks like that, but... <laughs> It kind of looks like that. <laughs> no. No. How dare you. <laughs> and his watercolours hang above his mantelpiece. So anyway, Life According to Jesus, which is a way of doing three, two, one on a sheet of paper. And uh, a lot of people shared it on their Facebook walls, and a friend mm. of mine shared it. And her brother um, made a silly joke about it on his Facebook page. Brother is not a, not a Christian. And I sort of made a silly joke back, and I think this is I'm being vindicated for being so frivolous. It's like me me making stupid gags has actually paid off for once in my life, because <laughs> uh, he sort of laughed at my funny gag, and then he said, actually, I've been thinking about Christianity a little bit. Would mm. you like to get up, get, you know, meet meet together and talk about it? So that's what we just did. Wow. Um, so three and a half hours in the pub, and he brought Good. a friend of his who was um, who had a lot of uh, questions, and we chatted back and forth, and Excellent. we're going to do it again uh, quite soon. Yeah. So. Well, it's good that these things can sort of spark conversation, you know, and uh, get dialogue going, really. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's a good working day, isn't it? Yeah. Off to the pub. Yeah. Some... And what are you? What are you doing at the moment? You, you're doing um, holiday club, or yeah, I'm doing a, a youth holiday club. So talks all throughout the evenings this week, yeah. and then next week I've got to finish off the the final, final, final draft of three, two, one. Right. And uh, and then it goes off to the publishers. So I'd uh, yeah value people's prayer for that. Mm. that I'd uh, just get it clear and helpful for people. Good. Okay. Well, uh, what are we going to do today then? We're going to have a listen to a video uh, dialogue between myself and Paul Blackham. And obviously, you won't be able to see it, but um, there is a YouTube uh, video of it that you, you can have a look at if you want to if you want to see mm-hmm. uh, either of our faces. Um, inadvisable, probably. But uh, <laughs> so we're going to play a third of it. Now, which is just uh, Paul Blackham and myself uh, talking about uh, the God that Jesus reveals. Just remind us who Paul Blackham is. The Reverend Dr. Paul Blackham is um, an incredible guy and uh, a good friend of mine and very intelligent man and a huge heart for people. And he has been leading a church plant up in Tarleton, which is up near Preston in Lancashire. Mm. And he's now um, going down to Neath to lead a church plant uh, just next to Swansea. Uh, in South Wales. He's a, a brilliant mind and a person who loves uh, reaching out with the good news mm. of Jesus. So and he's a very good communicator. He's easy to listen to, isn't he? He's passionate, <laughs> which is good. Yes. So we sort of spark off each other yeah. for an hour. So we, did, we didn't think you could uh, handle an hour of us. So we sort of <laughs> chopped it into three instead. <laughs> Great. Okay. Let's take a listen then. Hey, here we are in on the south coast of England in amazing weather. I'm with Glenn Scrivener here. He's evangelist from the Hour of Revival Ministries, and we're really thinking about how to share 
Jesus with the whole world, everyone we meet, we're looking, there's hundreds and hundreds of people outside and we keep thinking, let's go out and tell them all about Jesus. But before we do that, we've got to think, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And Glenn's been thinking a lot about how to share pe- the, the Lord Jesus with people. How, how can we actually do that? Is it impossible to do? Is it too difficult? Lots of us think, oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, Glenn's been thinking about it and he's developed a, a resource called 321. Yeah. What's that? Well, 321 is just a gospel outline and it doesn't tell you all the events that happen in the Bible and it doesn't really tell you all the events that happen uh, in the gospel even, but it gives you a context in which to think about the gospel and think about Jesus and what he's done for us. So 321 is, is sort of the mnemonic and uh, uh, three is uh, God is three persons united in love. So it's a, a truth about Trinity. So um, I I often perhaps go to uh, Jesus' baptism, perhaps from Mark chapter 1 or Luke chapter 3. And I I talk about, well, there is Jesus uh, at the Jordan River, at the sinner's convention. And uh, all the people who know that they're spiritually rubbish show up and they confess their sins. They show up, they say, look, I need a wash on the inside, not just on the outside, on the inside. And, uh, And they jump in the water and then Jesus shows up and he actually jumps in the water with them. It's, it's this incredible truth that he comes to join us in our filth in order that we might join him in his family. And here's where I start talking about three. What's Jesus' family? As he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes on him like a dove. And the, whole, uh, and the Father says, you are my son who I love, with you I am well pleased. And that's the three. Jesus, full of the Spirit, the Son of the Father, And I say, that's the family you were made for, this family of love. And Jesus came into our filth to invite you into that family. So that's the good news. Trinity is the good news that God is love and you're invited. That's the truth of three. And then I start talking about two. And I say, sort of the world is shaped by two representatives. The Bible tells a story that in the beginning there was Adam. And uh, Adam was kind of like a ruler over the world. Uh, And yet, through mistrust, Adam turned from himself, turned in on himself, turned from God and and kind of plunged the world into death and curse and chaos. Uh, And and the reason why there's such darkness in the world is that uh, Adam, uh, the head of our human race, has turned away from God. And we're all just chips off the same block. We all participate in that same kind of broken humanity and we feel the curse of this broken world. It doesn't look very cursed right now, does it? No. And yet, you know, just, just out of shot, there's, a, there's a, one of the other piers that was here uh, many years ago. It's just burnt down. It's an old wreck of a thing. And actually, you know, the world is very much like that wonderful beginning and yet through Adam has come down into curse. Jesus is the second Adam. He is the second one of of the truth of two. And he comes into our humanity to do right what we always do wrong. So he lives the life that we should have lived. And then on the cross, he dies the death that we uh, we should die for all our sins. Takes all that sin on himself and exhausts God's anger on that cross. Takes the punishment that we deserve. Goes down into the grave, rises up again and says, belong to me. And that's really the truth of one. The truth of one is... We are born one with Adam. We're all chips off the old block. We all participate in the old humanity. We're all selfish like he was selfish. And we're all suspicious like he was suspicious. We're all self-justifying like he was self-justifying. Uh, and yet Jesus says, well, belong to me. Come to me. Be one with me. And, uh, and you know what? You can give me all your sin. I'll take it. 
and I'll take it and I'll, and I'll pay for it on that cross and then I'll give you all my righteousness. We'll be one forever. And now as we're one with Jesus, we're filled with his same spirit. We call on that same father and we belong to Jesus forever. We're, we're, we're part of the three. So that's, that's kind of one way of doing it, three, two and one. Okay, so that's the overview of how 321 works and how we explain all that. But if I can, now let's take that apart a little bit and look at each bit more individually. And if I can just put some of the questions that people might have on and that I might have two about these three, then two, then one. Let's begin with that three. Because to be honest, I mean, maybe a lot of people would go, ah, three, what's he going to talk about then? It can't be God because God's number is one, yeah, one right. God. And loads of times when you get books on theology, they'll go, oh, the big thing about God is there's one God. Yeah. And then Christians would tend to go, well, the most important thing about us were monotheists, meaning the most, the most important thing about us is we believe in one God. And we're mm. a bit like Muslims, we're a bit like Jews, we're a bit like anyone else who believes in one God. And then, okay, we do have a few other things we believe in as well and we'll get to those later but let's do the big stuff first that there's mm. one god and the number is one but you're like no no the number is three three for is god. the magic That's number yeah. can't, can't we just use the word god yeah. and then leave all that i know the trinity stuff isn't that like an advanced module why yes. do, do we we don't start with trinity do yeah. we yeah I, I know you don't believe all of that um, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> i think a huge question in evangelism is which god are we talking about which god are we talking about you know and if somebody on the streets if i stopped somebody on the streets and started talking to them about god you know probably more than 50 percent would say yeah i kind of believe in god less than 50 percent would say yeah i don't believe in god but in neither case would they probably be talking about jesus yeah. And I think the big question, if someone says they do believe in God, is which God? And if someone says they don't believe in God, the big question is, well, which God don't you believe in? Yeah. And if you ask someone on the, on the beach, which God don't you believe in? You can be sure that they'd start describing pretty much the, the individual, like up in the sky, high on power, low on personality, um, you know, which, who is an eminently rejectable God, yeah. you know, and, and we might find ourselves agreeing with the non-Christian. They say, well, I, I'm not really into God because I think he's like that. And, and I think the Christian can say, you're right, you're right. You know, that's yeah. not God. Let me tell you about Jesus. And I think the truth of three is trying to put Jesus front and center in the issue of God's. Um, because, I mean, trying to, I'm not even trying to be Trinitarian. Like, in, yeah. in a sense, I mean, who cares about the name Trinity? Yeah, yeah. Who cares about being Trinitarian? What I want to talk about is the God of Jesus. Yeah. But as soon as you talk about the God of Jesus, you're talking about the one who is filled with the Spirit. That's what Christ means. And he's son of the Father, the son of God. And the most, the most obvious way that Jesus is always described in the Bible is he is the Christ, the son of God. So if you want to talk about the God of Jesus, you've got to talk about three. You've got to talk about Trinity. Um, and it's and it's not bad news to talk about Trinity. It's 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 a fantastic thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah. No, I think that's so important that if we want to talk about Jesus, you cannot postpone talk about the real and living God, yeah. who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yeah. and the real and living God. You, if we just say, well. I want to talk about the real and living God, but we'll, we'll leave that Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that is the real and living God. There's nothing to say about God. You can't say, well, let, 
What about the idea that sometimes people say, well, let's just talk about the being of God. Let's establish that God exists and right. they, let's, you know, whatever, we'll leave all that about who there is, but let's talk about the being of God, the existence of God. Yeah. And, and then let's get that out there first and yeah. prove the existence of God. And then, okay, maybe we could go into this other stuff later. Is yeah. that feasible? Um, no, not not for a second, because, I mean, A, a you've got an eminently rejectable God. You, yeah. let's, let's start with you know, pure power in the sky. Let's start with that yeah. as, a, as, as, a, as a building block. Does that, does that help you? It, just from an emotional level, that's, yeah. that's not a great start. But, but the real thing that kills it is what are you going to do about Jesus? Yeah. You know, if you're not going to begin with Jesus, how are you going to get him in later on? And if he comes later on, you're going to give very much the impression uh, that he's just a secondary figure yeah. who, who shows up halfway through human history, yeah. uh, you know, who has nothing to do with creation and fall and all the problems of life, but he's this, this this sort of third party who comes in, and then God zaps him on the cross. <laughs> yeah. What's, hey, What's hang on, yeah. you know that's how unfair. Yeah. Either that, or or he just people people very often preach like this, you know, that there's just this God, and then God comes in the flesh, and God dies, and God rises again, and and you know it's an ancient heresy called modalism, yes, um, and roundly condemned throughout church history, yeah. rightly so. If you want to confess Christ properly, you've got to begin with Christ. You can't crowbar Christ in later once you've already defined who God is. It just doesn't work. I think that's helpful because there is a way in which sometimes people say, let's get stuff, reason stuff, and like the existence of God or some kind of God, that's stuff that's reason. We can do, let's do all that. And then we can build on top of that some of this revelation stuff. And maybe we could bring Jesus in at that point and maybe a bit of Trinity. But of course, it seems to me, if you do that, you're kind of saying Trinity and Jesus is irrational. Yeah. Whereas monotheism, that's really rational. So then we're really kind of saying, well, the Muslims then... And then, and, and, and Unitarians, they're kind of more rational because they're saying, we're just going to do the reason thing. Yeah. And we won't, we don't want to do the irrational stuff. Yeah. No, that's yeah. got to be wrong. And so often, I mean, the prime evangelistic strategy is just to get the scriptures into people's hands. And, and so what I'm always trying to do is, is put, especially the gospels into people's hands. And, and yes. what I see is unbelievers reading through the gospels and they meet this laughing, crying, angry, despondent at times, full yes. of, you know, full of life and vitality and dependence on God yes. and, and, and this God who bleeds and suffers and dies yeah. and all this sort of stuff. But if we've begun with, I know who God is. God is the unmoved mover, right? Yes. And then they see this most moved, most moving Christ and they say, oh, I'm really attracted to that guy. Um, how does that yeah. how does that go together with this God who you've already introduced yes. me to? Yeah. And then at that point, you have to do some real jiggery pokery <laughs> yeah. and kind of say, ah, yeah, well, that's yeah. just the humany bit of God. And uh, that's the humany yeah. bit of Jesus. And there's, there's another God bit of Jesus that's not like that at all. And, like and the non-Christian is not impressed by that. Because <laughs> suddenly what sounded so simple and attractive yeah. is this incredibly complicated philosophical yeah. system. Yeah. And, that's, and that's never going to do... And because that, that's why I know that we both like that quote from Athanasius, yeah. where he's really at, in his day that was going on, where there were people who were saying, "Hang on a minute, we already know what God's like. Yeah. God's like this." Yeah. Ah, now Jesus, um, he looks a bit different. He doesn't quite fit into the God we already know, and we got mm. all the main things about God yep. here. Ah, ah, Jesus, yeah, he doesn't like that. 
Actually, he's not probably really God. Let's make him a junior assistant. A junior assistant. Yeah, yeah. So what's the quote? Go on, you give it. It's beautiful. The only system of thought into which Jesus Christ will fit is the one in which he's the starting point. What does that mean in that way? It means that unless you begin by talking about the God of Jesus, you can never put a truly divine, fully, fully divine Jesus into your story. Yeah. Um, because he's, he's always going to have to slot in under this other thing that you've defined to be God in, 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 at yeah. the outset. So that's why you begin with three. That's why you begin with the, the God of Jesus. And it's why it's, sometimes I, I, I would read big theology books since I was quite small. And I look back and I think quite a few of the ones on my shelf have, I'll open them up and it'll be, this is the doctrine of God or something. And there mm. might be like 190 pages saying yeah. about this is all the things yeah. we know about God we, before yeah. we ever mention Jesus or the Trinity. I've got, a, I've got one on my shelf that's 620 pages. Wow! Until you get to Jesus. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a record. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to try and beat that. No, I don't <laughs> want to beat it. That's a yeah. horrible book. Yeah. But isn't that nuts where person, yeah. and that presumably is written by a Christian? Oh, yeah. Inverted comment, mm. whatever, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, isn't that an incredible situation to yeah. be in where he probably was trying to write that with good intentions and yeah. trying to say, I want to say everything I know about God before I get to Jesus. And we'd yeah. want to go, whoa, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. And then the Trinity just becomes one of the, yes. the many flavorings to God. You know, one of the aspects of God is that he's Trinity, but, but not that his fundamental character and nature is Father, loving Son, so, in the power and joy of the Holy Spirit. Once you begin there, oh my goodness, you've, you've got such an attractive God, yeah. don't you? Right sense. there, you've got 1 John 4, oh. you know, God is love. You know, it doesn't just say God is loving as though that's one aspect of his character. He's quite loving and he's quite just and he's quite fair and he's compassionate. No, he is love in that he is a father always pouring life and love in the spirit onto his son. And, and when you begin evangelism there, it's very much a case of saying, there is a family, do you want to belong? Yes. When you just begin with the power God from the beginning, yes. how is your gospel going to sort of unpack? It's got to have to be, God is big, bow. Yes. It's going to have to be it. Yeah. That's how the gospel will necessarily develop if you don't yeah. begin with three. Yes, so then it's all about power, submit, all that. And that's why even when we start on page one of the Bible, and then if you try and read that, as if and you've got in your head this one single person thing, you can't make sense of the world, you can't make sense of yourself. But when we read it as it's actually written, the Father creates everything through his word in the power of the Spirit. That's there on page one of the Bible. Then you look at the world and you see there is a way in which it's all held together. It's got an underlying unity, but the diversity of it all and human life like that. Life, Instead yeah. of like, those views that have this one absolute thing yeah. are saying everybody's got to be the same, speak yeah. the same language, dress the same clothes, and nobody's allowed to be different. Yeah. And then the living God's like, no, no, actually, I love everyone being quite different. Yeah. And then there's also a way in which we're all together. Yeah, and there's harmony and all that sort of stuff. It's so, beautiful. I mean, there's some teaching I do on Genesis 1 in which I, I sort of say, in the beginning, what do you picture? And I reckon you've only got four options, really. In the beginning, there was nothing. And then, boom, out of nothing comes everything. Life's an absurdity then. Or in the beginning, there was chaos, just Uh, warring forces and that kind of thing. Therefore, life's just a battle these days. Or in the beginning, there was power. Maybe there was just this one God. But then all of life is slavery. What if in the beginning, there was love? Uh, In which case, doesn't that make sense of why the greatest things at the end of today will be people? Yeah. You know, when my head hits the pillow, I will love, you know, these interactions and I will yeah. love communication and, and the things that hurt the most are when yeah. relationships are broken. Doesn't this make sense of our world? Doesn't it make sense of our world when we begin with three? 
I love that. And it, just in my own experience, when I, uh, we first really starting to learn how to share Jesus with people, and Liz, my wife and I, we go to Speaker's Corner, and then we met uh, Muslims and lots of other people with different ideologies and things. And of course, they're the first things they came at us. He's yeah. like, yeah. what's this Trinity thing? Yeah. And we, we hadn't thought it through remotely yeah. enough. And yeah. we genuinely were just like, I don't know. It's a mystery, which, <laughs> yeah, which we yeah. could have got away with before. But mm-hmm. of course, these people were yeah. quite right. And I'm always grateful to them for saying, yeah. rubbish. Yeah. You're yeah. coming here trying to sell something and you don't even know what it is. And your foundation is the mystery. <laughs> your like, foundation, like, like, like when we yeah. get to the bottom, you say you don't know what you're standing on, <laughs> yeah. which we were rocked because we, yeah. of course, that's absurd. Yeah. If I cannot say this is what I mean by yeah. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, yeah. I shouldn't be saying anything. No. So we had to spend a year yeah. like going back to the scripture and saying surely the bible tells us what this means father yes. son Holy Spirit. which yeah. of course the yeah. bible does in beautiful ways yeah. all the time and in far from it being this incredibly difficult thing to understand it's actually amazingly simple and i love the fact the bible kind of begins where the, the trinity goes let's make something that's let's can we let's mm, make mm. an example of us yeah. so that people will find us really easy to understand yeah. and what yeah. happened yeah so they so god made humanity male and female he he created them uh, in, in order to to bring them together as one to you know be fruitful and make a third and you know so beautiful, beautiful. so what what does it look like for god to be pictured in this world it looks like community it looks like persons united in love therefore what's a good definition of god what about three persons united in love <laughs> And then when the Muslim asks that question and, and they get the, the straight answer, yeah. three persons united in love, it, it suddenly, you can move the conversation we forward. Can move forward. Before you, if you, if you, if you fudged on that question, yes. then you're scuppered. Yes. Um, and quite rightly you're scuppered yeah. because they've just asked you the most fundamental truth about your God yeah. and you don't know. You, you know. don't even know. But I mean, th- I mean, I mean, you've helped me so much with with Trinity, and 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 I remember going into a university last year. Uh, had a very large Muslim presence. The the, the Muslim, uh, the Islamic society was about four or five times the size of the Christian Union. Right. And we were doing these events, and uh, the Islamic society were always sending people in to ask questions. Um, and in a two-hour uh, two-hour event, they they sent in five different groups of people to ask questions at various points, and then they leave again. And of course, the only question they asked was, "I don't understand the Trinity. Can you explain it to me?" And and thankfully, because I'd done some thinking about it, because because I've been helped by you and by the scriptures and by others, I was just able to say three persons united in love. What was fascinating was they would get that answer, have nothing more to say, and leave. The next person would come in and be unaware yeah. that that question had been asked and answered. And by the third or fourth time, I was getting non-Christians in the room to answer the question. It's three pieces united in love. Yeah, yeah. And, and at that point, you can then move the conversation on. That's um, great. Maybe if I just have one more question on the three and then yeah. we'll move on. There's a lot of people would go, I know a way of understanding the Trinity. Uh, it's a bit like, hang on, <laughs> let me get a block of ice and then I'll uh, warm it up and it becomes water and then keep warming it up and it becomes steam. Yes. That's the Trinity. That's the Trinity. Is that good? Or there's a banana. I've not heard that. What's yeah, the okay, banana you peel one? The banana, you put your finger down on the top of the banana and it okay. peels into three different sections. Does you believe happen? it? Father, Son and Spirit. I've never right seen that one. Glory. Brilliant. Or, or is it brilliant? It's not brilliant no. at all. Or is or there, a, there's quite a few of these, aren't there? Cheesecake. Somebody came up with cheesecake Cheesecake. The other day. Well, that sounds there's the, there's great. The base, I like the, it already. There's, there's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the base, the filling and then the chocolate sprinkling. I don't know which of the persons is the chocolate sprinkling. but oh, um, man, I'll think of that. What's wrong? Are they good or bad? Well, 
A, they're hideous for teaching heresy, aren't they? Okay. Because, I mean, the block of ice, let's take all that. Right. That's, that's uh, the most famous one, isn't it? H2O is never all three states at once, ah, according to my limited knowledge of That's of true, physics. because even when they, I've seen it done, when they have yeah. a block of ice and yeah. then they have a Bunsen burner, yes. and then we watch as it goes from ice yeah. to water to steam, yeah. and then they go, there you go, Trinity. There you go, Trinity. But and what's that preaching? The Father in the Incarnation becomes the Son, and then in the Ascension and by Pentecost becomes the Spirit. Oh, and that's you've, it, modalism. You've just got that modalism heresy on your hands. What I find fascinating about that is why anyone ever needs exactly. analogies. Yeah. Like, literally, you say three persons united in love. Yeah. Do you not know any other examples like, like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, Can you think of something a bit like that? Like, yeah. oh, there's it's a like couple an egg. walking along. It's like or... an egg. There's no. a shell. Like, why do you even need that? Yeah. I think it, it just shows how, how far we are from a biblical understanding of yes. Trinity that we even reach for these yeah. illustrations. Why do we need three persons united in yeah. love? A three-year-old understands that. A three-year-old. And that's why it's great with church as well, where you'll say, I tell you, I love it where your church fathers yeah. would always go, tell you what, just go to church. You'll yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that John 17 point. John 17. I pray that they will be one, Father, just as you and I are one. So in what way is God one? Yeah. Go to your local church. Go to church, you'll see it. See persons united in love. Beautiful. Who is God? Three persons united in love. Okay, well that feels perhaps if we've uh, cut it off a bit sharply, but uh, you'll have to wait till next week for the second instalment. And number two. Unless you're good on Google searches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So that's that's three, looking mm. at uh, God and the Trinity and that. Next time we're going to be looking at two. That's right. The world shaped by two representatives, and we'll see what the implications of that are for evangelism. Like, mm. should we talk about Adam? How do we talk about Adam? What benefits are there in talking about Adam? What benefits are there in talking about being shaped by different representatives? What mm. happens when you don't have those categories in your evangelism? We'll be talking about all sorts of things mm. like that. Okay, something to look forward to. Well, thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to check out the video for the interview, uh, you can go to this episode's webpage, which is revivalmedia.org slash TEP64, and we'll have all the links there. Also on that page, if you'd consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes, there's a link there. Uh, We'd be very grateful if you could do that. It helps us to get seen by more people. So that's it for now. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.